Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Sonia Kuto. She is a tech founder, is in the board of directors, and a cancer survivor. She's also a podcast host, Tenacity with Sonia C. Welcome to the show, Sonia. Thank you for having me. You are welcome to the show, Sonia. You are welcome to India in this online form. And I'm sure not just in India, but a lot of people across the globe will benefit from what we'll be discussing right now. We'll talk about women in tech, about, about entrepreneurship, and about also taking care of health when you are you know, in this journey to rise to the top. So my first question to you, Sonia, is to understand, you know, you have 17 year history in the tech industry. Why 2x, you know, twice you have uh, two time tech startup founder. So I want to understand how did you get this interest in tech, especially when uh, 17 years back when you started, obviously it was much more male dominated uh, industry. So I want to understand your entry into why tech and then how did you go into thinking about starting not one but two companies? So prior to tech, I was actually in the manufacturing space in uh, accounting and operations. So I always worked very closely with production, uh, tying in what was happening there uh, with the finances and streamlining operations. So I actually got recruited uh, to a tech company by an accident. They reached out to me and said, hey, uh, there's this company. They're sort of looking to um, they need somebody to take care of their accounting, but they also need some operations. They weren't really tying everything together. And I met with them and I had never been in that space, but I didn't feel like I needed to know the tech space in order to get into it and do that part of, of the job. I'm very tenacious, so I'm, I love to learn. So for me, I saw it as an opportunity and a chance to get into a space that I knew nothing about. I never thought I'd be in it for 17 years, but that's sort of how it started. It was by a complete accident. <laughs> right, right. But uh, starting with a company is totally different. But, you know, uh, starting a startup is totally different. So how <laughs> did you... You know, and when so when did you think about this? And especially, you know, people uh, people want to go with things that they are more, you know, more interested in or comfortable mm. with. I don't say that you are not interested in that. But I just yeah. want to understand your mindset to get into entrepreneurship, and, and especially in a tech tech world, especially then again, uh, it, uh, which is considered to be much more male dominated. So, what was your yeah. mindset? Did you find it, it suited you more? Did you find it, it is more profitable for you uh, and it will, you'll be able to scale it up? Entrepreneurship is, is not more profitable <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's not easy to get into. Um, I think the mindset was around like I had experience. So I worked, I was at a software development company and we were working on a lot of different projects for a lot of different clients. So I was understanding the types of problems that our clients had and how technology was helping them achieve and fix those issues. And so um, I started thinking a little bit more around how technology can solve problems particularly around spaces that are very um, traditional and don't have a lot of tech. And so an opportunity arised within that software development company where 
we saw the potential to build a product and it wasn't just me. I was part of a founding team that had this idea based on conversations we were having. And we all thought we're a tech company. Why don't we all get together and start a new startup as part of that? Um, you know, later on the journey, um, everyone who had sort of been on that founding team left the company and I was left alone with the products. And that's really when my entrepreneur and founder journey began. It was when the entire founding team left and I was left with these with this product that I didn't really know what to do with it, but I cared about it enough that I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to just start from square one and take it off. But I think I was only able to do that because I had experience a lot in the actual uh, software development projects and clients that we had working with, that we had been working with in the past and that I was very highly involved in. Right, Sonia, right. So when you took over all the operations yourself and had to run the company itself, obviously it came with a lot of challenges. So did you anticipate those challenges? And when it was, you know, on the ground, why I'm asking this is so that, you know, if you talk about the challenges, how you overcome them, then a lot of other people, especially, you know, women in tech, they will be able to understand these things and, you know, sort out that these challenges, uh, while doing with their work yeah i mean i i'm gonna be really honest um i didn't think at first i didn't think i was the right person for the job you know i had a little bit of uh, imposter syndrome and it took me a long time to understand that i had been put in the position to run a company obviously because somebody at the top believed in me and thought I could do it or else I would not be put there. So it took me a, a while to sort of wrap my mind around that. And before I wrapped my mind around that, I just worked really hard to try and prove that I was the right person for the job when I really didn't have to because I, I was already selected. So I think once I overcame the mindset of I was I, I'm in this position because I know what I'm doing. I went about it very differently. And I think one thing that really helped me in the role of running the company was the first thing I did was I started learning every single role. I started doing project management. I started doing product management. I started doing business analysis and QA. And I started understanding what each role um, did, what its function was. And I, you know, one of the benefits uh, was really learning the product development side of it because project management, software development and product management are very different things. And that's really what helped me in building products, SaaS products later on was that I was in the product management um, side of things. I was very involved in um, making the decisions of features, how we're going to build them, how they're going to work, because I was also the one person that was constantly talking to clients and understanding their challenges and then coming back to the team and saying, this is what we need to do. And I was sort of the middle person to keep everything simple and not overcomplicated, because when I would leave things up to my team, they would tend to overcomplicate everything. 
And so I just sort of worked really close with my team. I built out a new team and I learned every role so that my team would know that I knew what I was talking about. I think that was a little bit of me proving to myself that I was good enough. So I learned every role. And later on, you know, 17 years later, I, when I hire for a role, I know exactly what I'm hiring for. I know exactly the type of person I need because I took the time to understand those roles. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not like a super technical person. I don't code, but I know what a developer needs to do. I know the processes. I know how to work with developers. I know how to assemble a development team. So it was a lot of work that I put in for um, to learn the, the, the roles to learn how to run the business and also to have my team respect me that I put in the work and I know what I'm doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you started with that part, you know, that learning everything, then how did you come to, you know, while you were learning at the same time, uh, you had to run the operations also. And at the same time, it you had to hire people you have to take care of things the original all the co-founders left and you were the only one so mm -hmm. how did you find motivation was there a mentor was it self-mentoring how did it work did was it an internal yeah. uh, someone who helped you into all these <laughs> things i want to my understand that yeah. mindset. sometimes you would just think why why to get into it others left even i will live and live a better life yeah. So I think it, it starts with I'm a middle child of five kids and I'm right in the middle. I have two older and two younger. So growing up, I've always been very tenacious. I've always been scrappy and search for what I want. And if I can't get it, I'm going to find a way to get it. So that's just my personality. I'm also very curious. I, I love to learn. I love to figure things out. And so I think it sort of comes with my mindset. I also, growing up, always knew that eventually I was going to run a company. I didn't know if I was going to be an entrepreneur, but I always knew. And don't get me wrong, I, tried, I started a couple before I got into this. And some of them were successful and ended for particular reasons. But I always wanted to be in business and, and run something. So when I finally got the chance to, um, I, I'm very organized and I, I have a, a, a process in my brain that I follow in order to keep myself organized, in order to continue learning. Yes, uh, later on, I did get into having mentors. I joined um, a CEO roundtable um, because one thing that I learned later on was that being a, a leader or running a company is a very lonely place. Um, I can't, you know, as much as I want to have a team that's inclusive and we all have fun, I can't be friends with everybody because I need them to do a job. And I've learned that the hard way. And so it's lonely up there. And so, yes, I, I did seek some mentors, but I joined this roundtable of CEOs and we would get together once a month and have dinner and just talk 
about some of the challenges we've had that month. And then we would help each other solve problems. And hey, you know, you're having difficulty in this area. Have you tried this or have you looked at this tool? Or I know this guy who can come in and help you do that. And I found that that really helped me because number one, I realized I wasn't the only one struggling. <laughs> Everybody else struggles as well, no matter how successful they are. And um, people are willing to help you. Um, I know that sometimes, you know, we live in a society now where people are on their phones and it seems like people are not networking and having conversations. But I'm a big believer that that is still happening. And when you are in a leadership position, I do think that's something that you have to seek. You have to be around people that are in similar roles as you so that you can learn from them and they can learn from you and you can help each other. Absolutely. Absolutely, Sonia. Uh, but as, as a woman in tech, and when you were moving out, it was, so how did people look at you, especially when you are, you know, you are in an industry, which is not, not many women were there or are still there, you know, though the number yeah. is rising. So how, how was the interaction where people more forthcoming, where a bit more, you know, uh, uh, a, a bit more restrained in, the, in helping yeah. out what was and, and whatever the case was how did you make sure that you get the best out of whatever the situation is yeah so I'll, I'll give you an example of sort of like some of the stuff I've been through so I remember one time I was going into a meeting and someone I worked with at the time, and I was really nervous about this meeting. And I was sort of like expressing, you know, that I was nervous. It was going to be a boardroom full of men and I was trying to prepare. So I went to someone, um, you, you know, to see if I could get some help preparing for this meeting. And I remember he said to me, he's like, don't worry about all of this. Just do this one thing and you'll be fine. I'm like, oh, what is that? He's like, wear high heels and walk into that boardroom and you'll be fine. And that happened, that was that was a comment that was made to me years and years and years ago and it's stuck with me because that's sort of like the perception. Um, but then later on, um, you know, I went into, I, I had to go to a different country uh, to work with a massive uh, company. And I remember walking into a boardroom and this was years after that comment was made. And I still had that comment in my head. And I remember I knew I was going into a boardroom with absolutely all men. And I purposely wore low shoes because I was in my mind, I was sort of rebelling against that comment. And I remember walking into this company and there was about 12 men in this room and I was the only woman and I walked in and the VP looked at me and he's like, thanks for flying out. You know, we're looking forward to spending a week with you. Um, give us your presentation. And I had been thrown into this meeting because the person I, that was supposed to go couldn't go due to family obligations. So I was sort of thrown into it and I wasn't a hundred percent prepared. And I remember when, they said to me, you know, give us your presentation. I didn't have one because I was told by the person who was supposed to go that I didn't need one. And so I was I was sort of put on the spot and I'm like, OK, 
I don't have a presentation put together, but I can do this. And I remember I walked up to the to the room. I didn't have my laptop. I didn't have a presentation. And I just started talking because I knew the challenges they were having. And I knew what I was there for to help them solve those challenges. So I went up and I just started walking through the list of things that we were going to address, how we were going to address them, how we were going to get it fixed, how long it was going to take and how we were going to work together to fix that or to do it. And I remember when I was done, I think I went on for like a good 20, 25 minutes. And when I was done, I sort of like stopped and in my head, I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna get murdered. <laughs> and I remember like there was like a two second pause and I'm like, I'm, I was sweating. And I remember the VP was like, okay, this is this is amazing. This is great. Let's let's start. Let's do it. And I had like a thousand pounds off my back, but I had put like all this pressure on myself. And here I am in a, a boardroom full of men. And all it was was confidence to go up there and talk about the things that I know what I'm talking about. And, and that's all I did. I knew the issues they were having. I knew how they needed to be solved or I knew that we needed to work together to solve them. And I just went up and then I just talked sincerely and I just put together a plan based on my experience and they embraced it and they were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's work on it. So those are just some examples of like what things I encountered early on as a woman in tech and comments that are made. And I had to have a lot of, uh, so I always tell people I have crocodile skin. And I think that's a part of going through that journey and working in offices where it was at times only men. And even sometimes some of the women weren't very nice. You know, this was like in the early stages. But I think I've grown. Um, I, I've grown and I've 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 grown and, and maintained my integrity along the way, just based on all of these experiences and lessons learned. And, and I hope that I'm a better person from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not about just men or women. It's always about the mindset. And yeah. that sort of a mindset you will continue to meet everywhere in life. And those people perhaps, you know, make you stronger, make the best yeah. come out of it, you know. But then those people will always be there in their own space. And the, <laughs> and the people who have got the experience, the talent, the tenacity, the will yeah. to learn will certainly move to new, new directions that you have learned and then you opened uh went for another startup after that so you felt now now you feel much more easy into this space how do you see this general you know status of the of women in tech has it improved do you, what what do you think still needs to change oh this is a topic that i get asked all the time so i think that the the gap in women in tech is, you know, it's it hasn't changed a whole lot. I don't know what the actual percentages are, but I think last time I heard it was about 13%, which is not a lot. Um, I don't think there has been that much change, especially since COVID. I do find that a lot of women have gotten out of tech for some reason. I'm, I'm sure it'll change. But I think that the real change is going to happen when young girls are taught to get into STEM at an early age, right? So um, I'm actually on the board of an organization, a not-for-profit called, uh, um, oh my goodness, Hacker Gals. Uh, 
And Hacker Gals is a nonprofit that goes into elementary schools at the grade six level and teaches girls how to code. And the reason for that is because if you get girls interested at such a young age, by the time they get into high school, they sort of know whether they have a love and a passion for coding or engineering or tech. And now in high school, they can go into those courses that are going to give them what they need to get into an MIT. And then later on, go work at a large tech company. Because that's the other thing that I, I struggle with a little bit. Like when you look at women in tech, I, I personally find that a lot of women in tech are running their own companies. But when you look at large companies, they're still mainly being run by men. And that's where I would like to see the difference. I think that going forward, a lot more, there will be a lot more female tech founders, but I don't think there's enough female tech um, professionals in existing companies that, you know, are made CEOs are in the boardrooms. And I think that's, that needs to change. But I do think that the change is going to happen uh, for the next generation where younger girls are encouraged to um, learn tech and be passionate about it and, and know that, you know, they don't have to go into marketing or accounting when they go to university they or they can go into learning how to code and 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 become software engineers so i think that's really where it's going to happen i could be wrong that's just my own personal uh, uh, opinion no you have you have seen it right and i'm sure a lot of things are changed different uh, changing different or places different ways it is changing but yes the willingness of the industry leaders also has to be there and it has to be there, it has to be a conscious willingness. Be that as it may, I want to understand from you, uh, Sonia, is that, you know, in terms of health, when everything is going right, you are looking at the future, you are looking at everything bright and something suddenly can happen. So how should, would you like to say, to, to especially to women who are working in different, how to look at their health? Many a times, especially women, they, or even men also, while busy in their lives, whether they're doing a job in career and, and even yeah. in business or entrepreneurship, you forget everything else. And yeah. suddenly it can, your health can surprise you. How would yeah. you like to look at it, tell them, tell others to learn from your e example uh, so that, you know, people uh, keep an eye also on the, on not only on the earnings, but also on their health. Yeah, so when I was uh, 38, I was uh, launching uh, my first product, Menusano. I was rather, I was relaunching Menusano and it was doing so well. And I got diagnosed with breast cancer. And it was a, it was a long journey, but I learned a lot from it. I, and, and the advice that I can give to women founders, men founders, anybody who uh, just in general, um, I think, you know, I spend so much time working really hard and not necessarily taking care of my body and my mind. And I do think, you know, I don't know why I got breast cancer. I have no idea. But do I think that I could have prevented it by maybe not having as much stress in my life? Yeah, probably. I'm just naturally a very stressed person. I overthink everything. And so now after having gone through breast cancer, I'm a lot more conscious of, you know, I need to end my day now. 
I'm a lot more organized around how I structure my days and making time for myself, like uh, reading a book and doing the things that I love and bring me pleasure outside of my, you know, everyday work. And don't get me wrong, I, I, I do love technology and I, you know, I live and breathe technology and technology is not just my job and my passion. It's also my hobby. So there's a lot of things that I do around, you know, running a business. I'm constantly in my mind thinking of ways to brand the, the business and get the name out there. But there is a time where, you know, I have to shut off and take care of myself. And I think it really starts with something very, very basic, like eating well. And I do know entrepreneurs are probably on the top of the list for people who don't eat very healthy because they're on the go. They're on the go. They're, they're, they're thinking about, I got to go from this meeting to that meeting. And then I got to go back to the office and manage my team. And they're just sort of go, go, go. So I think that's like the best thing to start with because it's simple and easy. You know, start with maybe meal prepping and or or ordering like um, a service that provides you your meals and try to start by eating healthy. Take care of your body. And then I think the second thing that's critical is sleep. You know, forget about I'm not going to tell people to put their phones down because it's not going to happen. I'm not going to tell people to read more books because some people just don't enjoy reading. But I do think sleeping is is really important and i do not again my own personal opinion i do not agree with people who are out there that say i'll sleep when i die or um i only need you know i i wake up every day at 4 a.m and I, I i think that the average human being needs at least seven to eight hours of sleep our bodies need to rest our minds need to rest. When we sleep, our organs literally fix themselves. They, we have organs that regrow themselves and that's all done through sleep. And I think that's one of the most important things that now I really focus on. And I, you know, 11, 11.30 comes along and I'm still awake. I'm already panicking. I'm like, oh, I can't. So I'll take something. I'll drink a tea to help me sleep. Like for me, if I don't get my at least seven hours of sleep, I, I'm stressed out just because of it. So I make a lot of emphasis on eating well, sleeping well, and just taking care of my body and my mind. You know, meditation is something that I've gotten into and I really love. I have a, a digital journal and sometimes I just don't have time to journal in the morning because I am busy. I'm not one of those people who wakes up and works out or goes for a walk before they go to work. No, no, no. I get up, I check my phone, I shower, I get dressed, I go to the office. I'm not even going to pretend that I'm one of those disciplined people. I see those people on social media all the time and I'm jealous because I wish I could do that, but it's just not me. However, I always have a journal, a digital journal on, on my bag. And when I get to work, I make my coffee and I sit down at my desk and I journal. And I do find that that sort of helps me get my day started. And, you know, it's only for like 10 minutes, but I do enjoy it. And it also sets my mindset for how my day is going to go. So that's sort of, you know, the health part of it. <laughs> No, no, wonderful. I was just listening to it and, you know, trying to understand and gain as much. I totally understand what you mean. And I fully understand about the sleep part. And 
whatever people think me the god has made us our bodies in a certain way and people may have the their own lifestyle or way to it but the fact is that the body needs at least 7 to 8 hours of sleep rest yeah. in that sense and so that the body can work for itself you know yeah. and everyone will think it but it's nice to hear from you especially you have gone that path learned a lot of things not only in just about the sleep part but also about you know uh, entrepreneurship part and also not to lose sleep about anything else but also to take care of of your health the way one can yeah. be that as it may there is so much to learn from you sonia so those people who want to learn more about you more about your company more about you know uh, if if they want to connect with you with regards to brewing business with you what is the best way for them to do so Yes, so I'm on LinkedIn, Sonia Kuro. So Sonia with an I. Uh, my last name is C O U T O. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, my uh, Instagram handle, where I get a lot of messages, I always respond is Techie Sonia C. And the website where you can also uh, contact me is Converge with a K dot com. Um, and there you'll also be able to see all of the services that uh, we offer. But my LinkedIn, my Instagram reach out i'm always uh, i always try to respond and i always welcome uh, anybody reaching out wonderful with this it's a wrap on this very special edition of the kj masterclass live thank you so much indeed for joining us thank you for having me